forget the status quo. What? This is a sports coverage thing you want to hear. All right, all right, all right. Recorded from the heart of Northeast Mississippi, covering high school, college, and the pros. Jackson Finch, Peyton Taylor, this is Cousin Cast. What's going on, everybody? Hi, I'm Jackson Finch, and along with Peyton Taylor, we've got another episode of Cousin Cast coming at you today. We're going to um, kind of start a new series. Uh, we got some uh, some stuff building up right now, and we're going to start a series where we end up talking about uh, some SEC teams, different ones uh, each week. We've got a good bit of store today. We've got about four teams we're going to talk about, but eventually it'll move into maybe two teams a week, and sometimes we'll only have one team a week. And so we're looking forward to doing that because it's getting that means it's getting closer to college football. But Peyton, tell me what's going on, man. Yeah, uh, I hope you guys are all doing well. Uh, like you said, you know, we're getting closer and closer. Uh, as a, you know, hopefully, you know, we're still looking at a time where we're going to be uh, play, we're going to be playing uh, come about a month, a month that, or two months out. And you know, I think we will. But you know, just trying to stay optimistic. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to start the series. I'm gonna get it in real quick. Um, as some most of you who probably listen, since you know most of you who listen are people we know, uh, you know I write for uh, Mississippi Sports Network, um, and what we're going to do for this uh, series is I'm also going to kind of type up a preview. You know, it won't have the all the points that me and Jackson make or, or the predictions or whatnot, uh, but it, you know, talking basically the stats about it, I'll post those for each teams we do each week with also a link to listen. So, you know, it's a win-win. Get it get it on print and get it uh, for you guys to listen on audio. But I'm excited for it. Yeah, it sounds good. I think I saw something today. Uh, we're somewhere around like 65 to 60, somewhere in that range of days before uh, college football is set to kick off. Um, I noticed one game. I can't remember which one. I think it was somebody versus Navy. They were scheduled to kick off August 29th, but they're having to reschedule. You know anything about that? Um, no, I didn't know anything about that. Uh, but uh, I saw one uh, team, and of course it was at the D three level, but uh, they had canceled uh, a game because they said by the time we're able to get back into practice, it won't be enough time to condition because uh, it was it was a team from up toward north coming down into our you know southern heat, and they said it wouldn't be enough time to have good proper conditioning to you know keep their players safe in the heat. So they went ahead and canceled that one. Um, so, you know, again, you're gonna see you're gonna see some cancellation. And to be be honest, you might see postponements this year because there might be you know an outbreak of a team, and we hope that doesn't happen. But uh, you know, we're you know we're we're just gonna stay hopeful. Yeah, uh, definitely gonna stay hopeful. And as of right now, we're not seeing much of anything change, and so that's good. Uh, and we're just looking forward to, and like you said, very optimistic that there will be a season, and I do believe that, you know, 100% that there will be a season. I think the main thing is how many people are going to be in attendance to watch, you know, these games unfold. Yeah, and we've been back and forth on that, Jackson. You know, we and we've even shared it on here. You know, I'm, I'm of the thought that we're probably not going to uh, – I don't think we're going to have fans really at any point. Uh, meanwhile, you're, you're pretty hard set that we're going to have fans. Yeah, I think we'll have fans in some sort of fashion. Um, my attitude towards that has kind of um, 
I guess, decreased. I thought, you know, we could have a chance of, you know, having a good bit of people in the stands. But with some uh, cases, especially around here in the South, kind of spiking up a little bit and that some of the uh, programs like Clemson, I know, has had over 30 cases. LSU's had over 30 cases. So uh, I guess my thoughts on that has kind of decreased a little bit. But I do think there'll be fans in some sort of fashion come football. I, I, I do think the thing – and we'll get into this because I know y'all are, you know, sick of hearing about COVID and the effects it will have on sports. You know, you've heard it everywhere. <laughs> But I, I think to an extent, when I say that, I think, like, uh, players will be allowed to bring family members. I think that's going to be a definite. Um, but besides that, I don't know if I see anybody else, uh, really. But uh, like you said, you know, let's, let's kind of get away from the COVID stuff and let's start, you know, previewing some football. And uh, me and you both, we both love football to death. Just really anybody down here in South, if you don't really like football, uh, you grew up in a different world than we did. So it's a pleasure to be talking about college football right now. Absolutely, and let's jump in. Uh, to let you know right off the bat, the four teams we're doing today, and it'll be in the title what teams we're doing, uh, we are doing Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Missouri, and South Carolina in that order. So, uh, Jackson, let's jump right in, into the Commodores and talk a little bit about them. Yeah, let's do it. So, we've got uh, Vanderbilt uh, coming in, head coach uh, Derek Mason. Um, and I guess we can – this one will probably be pretty quick for me and you both. Vanderbilt is just – Traditionally not a football school. They have good years, but most of the time they have bad years, and I'm pretty much expecting another down year for Vanderbilt this season. Um, yeah, and I think what hurts you is you lose – you know, you're bringing back 16 starters. You're bringing back 10 on defense, uh, and normally you'd say, oh, my gosh, that's, you know, that's amazing. But this was also a, a defense that – uh, last year, you know, they were 95th in the nation in scoring. They were terrible against the run. Uh, so, hopefully, you know, it's experience. But uh, And you're going to have plenty of experience because of those 10 uh, returning starters, only one is not an upperclassman with six of them being seniors. So, you know, you've got a lot of experience returning on that defense. Uh, again, hopefully they can turn it around and be a little bit more productive. What really makes me think Vanderbilt won't be uh, much of a team to watch this year is because – of what you lost on offense. You only returned five starters, uh, three on the offensive line, but you lose Riley Neal, your quarterback, who wasn't, you know, great last year. But, you know, anytime you lose a starting quarterback, um, that's, you know, not what you want. And then, of course, you lose Keyshawn Vaughn, who was one of the SEC's best running backs last year, even on a bad Vanderbilt team. He made noise every week, and losing him is uh, very, very bad for the Commodore offense. Yeah, I have that down as well. You were talking about returning some starters, but it looks like they lost their three main starters on offense last year, all going to the NFL. Like you said, their quarterback, uh, their leading rusher last year, and also their leading receiver have all gone off and started careers in the NFL. The one, uh, you know, bright spot that they do have, like you said, they had 10 starters returning on defense and that their leading tackler, uh, Demetri Moore, who's a linebacker, he is returning. So that's a bright spot. And it's just be one of those things where uh, Vanderbilt, they're just going to have to, you know, win some games that they're not supposed to. And even if they do that, I think their ceiling is looking at a five and seven season. Uh, yeah, you know, you're and, – and, Jackson, we can talk about it uh, real quick. We, You know, maybe something we discussed. But, you know, we, we keep it flowing. Uh, you know, we keep it uh, very casual on this podcast. Do you want to, uh, during the series, do you want to uh, do a schedule rundown with predictions for both of us, or do you want to wait for another episode where we'll go through the whole SEC? We can go ahead and knock those out now. That sounds fine with me. I have a yeah, I've got the schedule right here. And, you know, we, we kind of went through 
uh, Vanderbilt, get their uh, – I've also got their recruiting. Shout-out to Lindy Sports, who's uh, who I'm using for all of this. Uh, they put out a great uh, information in a magazine. Uh, pick one up. You can find that anywhere pretty much. Um, but only eight, uh, 19 commits, uh, only 18 three-stars, one two-star, no four-stars, five-stars. So, you know, obviously you can have impact freshmen, not four-stars, five-stars, but doesn't seem like anybody that just jumps off the page in the recruiting class. But you start off with Mercer. Uh, I think we can agree Vanderbilt's going to get the win over Mercer. And then uh, what we'll do is, Jackson, I'll say my predictions, and then you can go down and kind of give yours if you give you time since you don't have it right in front of you to pull up the schedule. Yeah, I've got the Missouri. At Missouri, I don't think Missouri's going to be much of a team to watch this year either. But, uh, you know, in, in a, a battle of two teams that I don't think highly of, I'm going to give it to the home team, especially early in the season where, you know, you're going to have a lot of uh, sloppiness. So I'll give that to Missouri. At Kansas State, Kansas State was a very good football team last year. We saw when they beat Mississippi State, we, you know, we were just watching throughout the season. Uh, they really had it going. Uh, so that's a loss on the road, I think, to Kansas State. You come back home, you beat Colorado State. Then you have Georgia, Ole Miss, Kentucky, South Carolina, Florida, Texas A&M, and I think those are all losses. I think you're looking at uh, you're looking at two and eight, uh, ten games in, and then you have a tough Louisiana Tech team. They went ten and three last year in the Conference USA, almost won the entire championship. Uh, just one loss away from Southern Miss from being in that championship game and conference USA so watch out for that one I'll give Vanderbilt the win there at home but watch for that one as a possible upset uh, especially if Vanderbilt season spirals and then Tennessee at home uh, that's a loss so uh, I'm I'm gonna have a three nine record for uh, for the Commodores which is what they went last year and I think that will probably be the end of Derek Mason's tenure uh, I'm gonna be I'm kind of in agreement with you Peyton on the three and nine uh, you when looking at the schedule you only uh, only two games pop out to me that you're thinking, you, you know, Vanderbilt probably win that game, and that's the Mercer game to open up the season, and they also have Colorado State on September 6, uh, 26, also at home. Uh, really, the only – and you talk about Louisiana Tech, that'll be a tough game. I can see Vanderbilt winning that, but I could also see them losing that game. Louisiana Tech is no slouch by any means. And looking at the schedule, uh, I'm not really confident that they'll win. I mean, I don't look at it and be like, you know, they have a good chance of winning that conference game. The only two that really stick out to me – is maybe Missouri week two. Uh, being on the road, a little bit more difficult to have one at, that at home. I might be a little bit more confident. And Peyton, don't take this the wrong way. Having Ole Miss at home, uh, just Ole Miss and Vanderbilt just always battled it out together. Same thing. I don't take us. that I don't take that the wrong way at all because, I've, you know, obviously I know as an Ole Miss fan how well Vanderbilt plays us, especially when we go up to Nashville. But I will say not picking that as a loss because I'm a biased Ole Miss fan. I think Ole Miss returns too much on offense for Vanderbilt to keep up with. No, I definitely think Ole Miss is going to win that game for sure. But I just think – You could look at South Carolina as well as a possible upset there. But, you yeah, know, we'll but, talk more about South Carolina in a minute. Yeah, but I was saying – just pointing out the they, – they're really the only two game conference games that stick out to me that they might end up winning is Missouri and or Ole Miss. And – but like I said, I have there. I have written down anywhere between a three and nine season to a a five and seven season at best for Vanderbilt. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with you there. Uh, now let's move on and talk a little bit about uh, Sam Pittman and his uh, first year with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, preview of that a little bit, and uh, I. I don't see Arkansas doing much this year. Just to uh. To this year, but I will say 
I think Pittman is an excellent fit at Arkansas. I really do. I think they hired a guy that that got excitement back in the program. They went a little bit different from Ole Miss. You know, uh, a lot of Arkansas fans, you know, thought they got Kiffin stolen away from him by Ole Miss. They went a little bit different to bring back excitement. Instead of going out and get a big name, they got a guy who's Arkansas bred. You know, he kind of fits uh, uh, what they like to do at Arkansas, which is pound the ball. You know, he's an offensive line coach from Georgia. I, he recruits very, recruited very well in Georgia. I mean, I like the hire for Arkansas. But I just don't see much for Arkansas this year. They do return, they do return 15 starters. They return eight on offense and six on defense. Uh, you return Rakeem Boyd, who's a very good running back, as we know. You return all three receivers. You bring in Felipe Franks as a transfer quarterback. And, uh, you know, Felipe, we know he has talent. We've seen it. We saw him at Florida. But I'm not very confident in Felipe. Uh, I think he's way too errant of a passer. But, you know, never know what a new coach, a new setting can do for a guy, especially when Franks had such high expectations. Um and then the defense is where uh, Arkansas, again, it worries me. That's a de- it was a defense last year that was ranked 124th in the country, and they only returned six starters. Uh, they, return a, they return their top two corners, and they return, a line, uh, they return one of their linebackers, but they lose um, a lot on the defensive line. So, overall, uh, Arkansas, I think the offense is going to be something to watch next year, especially if they can – get adjusted to uh, the system that Kendall Browles is going to bring in from uh, from uh, from I, the name slip slipped my head uh, from Florida State but we'll see uh, yeah you're making all good points there um, Arkansas is kind of I kind of look at them as kind of the Vanderbilt of the West just for right now because Sam Pittman his first year um, what he's going into at Arkansas Man, I saw it firsthand when, you know, me and my family traveled up to Fayetteville. They had just – there's a lot of work to do there, and I feel like it will take some time for Sam Pittman to kind of build that program up. Like you said, he recruited well at Georgia, and he's already recruiting well at Arkansas. You know. Oh, yeah. He salvaged a class last year that uh, – you know, he salvaged the class that ranked 30th in the country when Arkansas, we know uh, right before the end of the cycle, they had nothing coming in. And he was able to even go out and get four or four stars uh, which you know that's going to help build up. Uh, that's going to help build up. He recruited Memphis really well. When I'm looking at it, he brings in a four-star quarterback to build up for the future. I mean, Pittman did a really good job in his first cycle, in his first half cycle, even because I wouldn't even say this is really his cycle. Yeah, but th- the main part is for me is that uh, Sam Pittman's just going to have a tough time as for right now, maybe even in the next year, just building that program back up because it was in a deep deep hole just the fan atmosphere was not there the talent was not there um but one thing that I will say getting Felipe Franks is good you know just kind of as like a a filler before that four-star quarterback he can really bring him into his own but looking at his schedule right here um I'll go ahead and go through that um Nevada to start the game start the season off they should win that one Notre Dame going to Notre Dame uh they're just not going to win that one uh so it's it's good for uh it's good for exposure though to play Notre Dame that's always well uh going to Mississippi State I don't feel like uh Arkansas will win that game I think State will win that game but kind of like we said about Ole Miss and Vanderbilt that game's always kind of a close battle no matter what so they might can slip up if they play really well and State doesn't play good that game that they can win that one and that would be big for them uh and Texas A&M week four uh at home they probably they're not going to win that one Charleston Southern at home. They'll win that one. And then Alabama and LSU both at home. So they get 
four home games in a row, but I only see them taking the one versus Charleston Southern, which leads me to this fifth home game, a fifth game stretch of Tennessee on Halloween night. And I've got that one marked down here as a trap game. I don't know, just kind of something that popped off the schedule there that if Arkansas plays really well at home and they've got some fan atmosphere there, that that could be a game to watch. Uh, And then they have Auburn on the road, which they will not win. And then Ole Miss at home, which they're probably not going to win either. UL Monroe, they should win. And then at home versus Missouri to end the season. I could see them if they have a good season, you know, you could see them building up through the season and getting better and better. They could possibly win that game. So anywhere between, you know, just like I said about Vanderbilt, three to five, I would say six and six at the absolute ceiling for Arkansas. Uh, question, have you uh, gotten to play Arkansas on your, uh, you know, uh, on your NCAA game yet? Uh, you know, you download the updated rosters from somebody. Yeah, I did, and I have not, I have not played Arkansas yet. Uh, how, how's that roster looking for you? I'm going to have to look into that. Is a roster on NCAA? Yeah, pretty accurate. Well, I mean, it's the only thing I've been doing for the past two days, so you can take what I will say it's pretty accurate, man. Yeah, you can take what you want from that. <laughs> uh, yeah, you want to tell the people, and you can get – we're going to make it a cousin cast uh, segment. You know, you told me, and I love the idea you're doing for your dynasty. Tell the people what you're doing. We're going to let you update every week going on now. Oh, yeah. So, my dynasty I have going on right now is I'm trying to get Mike Leach at Washington State. Well, Peyton, before I do it, this was on the non-updated rosters. Now that I've got updated rosters, Mike Leach is already on Mississippi State. But if I want to go back to the old rosters, what I was doing prior to updating my teams was having Mike Leach at Washington State and finding my way back to Starkville. I got through a couple seasons and uh, put up, I think, an eight-win season, a nine-win season. But the Mississippi State job was never open, so I never got to uh, move. But, that, you know, Payne, I should probably go back and uh, keep doing that. That's quite, that's quite tragic. But, uh, yeah, um, now I'll get my predictions in quickly and we'll move on to uh, Missouri. But uh, for Arkansas, I don't – again, I don't see much. Um, I think maybe I give them a little bit of a better shot than you do in some games. Uh, looking down the schedule, uh, Nevada, Nevada's not going to be an easy out uh, opening week, but I do think they get them done. At Notre Dame, that's going to be rough for Pittman's second week as a, uh, as a Razorback. At Mississippi State, uh, I don't think they win that game. Uh, we'll talk more about Mississippi State in the coming weeks. Uh, Texas a and Arlington, I don't think they win that game, but they have played Texas A&M close every year in Arlington, it seems like. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say it's probably close again. But, you know, we'll we'll see. Um, Charleston Southern, they get a win there. So I've got them at two wins. Alabama, LSU, they're not winning those. Tennessee at home. I like Tennessee uh, this year uh, just like I did last year. It took a while for them to get going last year, but I still like them. Um, So I'd say no. At Auburn, no. Ole Miss – I think Ole Miss is obviously the more talented team, but I've seen Arkansas pull off magical stuff, as we know, in November against Ole Miss. We so I'm not going to count them out at home. We won't have to talk about that. No, thank you. But uh, ULM, they get the win there. And then Missouri, I actually like them in Kansas City beating Missouri uh, to finish out a strong year in Pittman's first year. I'm going to give Arkansas around four and eight, maybe five and seven, if they can pull off a, an upset here or there. 
So it kind of looks like we're on the same page uh, when it comes to the Missouri game that Arkansas could probably sneak that one out. And then we both of us have one game where we think might be a game that they could steal. For you, it was Texas A&M on the neutral side in Jerry's world. And then for me, it's at home on Halloween night against Tennessee. So maybe they could sneak out a conference game here or there and uh, get some momentum in Sam Pittman's first year. Yeah. Uh, hopefully so. For Razorback fans, we'll, we'll hope so. Uh, but Sad. now – it was rough when I went. I mean, there was just no excitement whatsoever. So that's got to be the first thing he does is just get. Did, did they not people. call those hogs? They they tried. They tried to call the hogs, but <laughs> they they tried. They were there weren't many there. I don't think the hogs came out. Uh, poor hogs. But now we'll move on to Missouri uh, and Missouri. I, as you're you know getting to your stuff about them. Would you not agree that Missouri was probably one of the more disappointing teams in the SEC last year? You know, this was a team that brought in Kelly Bryant, which I didn't think much of Bryant, honestly. Uh, I told you that going into last year. But there was so much hype around that team, and they just – they did not deliver in any sense of the word. Uh, you know, they lost week one against Wyoming and when Wyoming ran the ball down their throats. They went on a nice little five-game win streak and then lost at Vanderbilt, and their season spiraled from there. They lost the uh, five straight after that and got a win against Arkansas to cement the firing of Chad Morris and get them to six and six. But this is a team that, honestly, I, d I don't like much about this team. Only 11 returning starters. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same thing with you. I, I don't really have – I don't um, like them very much. I have them – uh, with a floor record of three and nine and a ceiling record of maybe even seven and five. So that's kind of telling me and me telling you guys out there that, you know, I'm not too sure what to think about this team, but I'm not very high on them, you know, just at sitting here looking at the numbers. I will say um, Elijah, Elijah Drinkwitz, he did really well in Appalachian State his first season. Uh, his only season as a head coach went 12 and one. A lot of people are curious about that hire for Missouri, but, you know, as you would say, they went and made the hire anyway. Uh, they did. But this is a team, uh, again, they returned 11 starters, seven on defense uh, and only four on offense. One is uh, Larry Roundtree the third. Um, you know, he had flashes. Uh, wasn't, against Ole Miss, I know he had flashes. Uh, again, you know, he wasn't just great all season. They returned two offensive linemen and a tight end, obviously losing Kelly Bryant. Um they get a transfer from TCU, Sean Robinson under center. No returning wide receivers uh, at, that are that were starters. So that's obviously um, that's not going to be good again for an offense that was ranked 93rd in the country in scoring. Now it was a defense last year that was very good, uh, 16th in the country in scoring, um, 14th in yards gained, ninth against or sixth against the pass in the country. And they returned seven starters. You know they returned both safeties. Uh, they returned. Uh, they return a corner. They return uh, three guys off the defensive line. So, I think this is a defense that could be very good. But I just – I worry about this offense uh, basically, you know, scoring enough points to win the game despite their defense's best effort. Yeah, talking about, you know, the, just the offense in general, kind of last year I have it written down right here that it just kind of seemed like Kelly Bryant just kind of carried that team last year, especially on offense. Like you said, Roundtree shows some flashes at running back. But – Besides that, I mean, it was just all Kelly Bryant, it seemed like to me. Yeah, and Bryant wasn't even, uh, in my opinion, that great last year. Yeah, but, again, I agree. you know, they did go as he went. I, there's no denying that. Uh, but, you know, again, there's just – on defense, I like a lot of what they return. 
Uh, you were anytime you return seven starters from a team, you know, a team that was, uh, you know, top fifteen in the country in defense. You know, you're going to like that. But an offense that already struggled last year and returns basically nobody. This could be an offense that's prime, especially in a first year system. This is an offense that could be primed to be one of the worst in the country, may and definitely maybe the worst in the SEC. Yeah, so looking at their schedule right here, they open up with Central Arkansas and Vanderbilt. Those two games they could win. We talked about Vanderbilt when we were, you know, earlier in the episode, you know, talking about them sneaking out of way with that game. So that's kind of a toss-up there. But they get them at home, so that's good. South Carolina on the road, I don't expect them to win. We'll talk about South Carolina here just up after we get done with Missouri. Uh, Eastern Michigan, they should win. So they could, they could get out to a 3-1 and one start. But now they go to Tennessee, which I don't think they'll win. And then they have a game at BYU, and I have that written down. Could they win that game? Absolutely. But BYU is a tough place to play, and so I wouldn't wrap that game up as automatic win. Uh, then they go at home versus Georgia, which they won't win. And then they have uh, Kentucky at home. Kentucky's going to be pretty good this year, so I don't really think that they uh, will win that game. But you never know. That could be a toss-up. Uh, at Mississippi State, uh, I like State's chances there. Like you said, we'll talk a little bit more about State and Ole Miss and all the rest of them uh, later on. But I like State in that, state in that game. Uh, at Florida, they will not win. Then they have Louisiana uh, to come to them. Look, Louisiana's no walk in the park now, so uh, that could be a game to watch out for. But I'll go ahead and give Missouri the benefit of the doubt there. And then uh, Arkansas, at, as you said, at a neutral site in Kansas City, that'll be a toss-up as well. So uh, beating Vanderbilt in week two is key for them. If they win that game and get out to a 3-1 and one start with the loss at South Carolina, they could still make up a decent season out of it. But if they don't win that game against Vanderbilt, I think they have a rough rough uh, road ahead. I think uh, you start off 2-0. Um, like like you said, I think you lose to South Carolina. We agree there. Eastern Michigan, so you're 3-1. Um, you, then you, you, lose, you, know, you lose at Tennessee. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to say they, get, they squeak out a road win against BYU. Uh, I'm going to say this optimistically for any – if there is anybody from that are Missouri fans listening to this or uh, somehow or somebody that might have a tie to Missouri, you know, this is a – that's a game you need to win as a first-year coach, I think. Um, a, you know, a, a power – or somewhat a power five uh, opponent on the road. Um, BYU is no easy place to play. Uh, so, they could be looking at four, you know, four and three – or four and two right there. Then you're going to lose your next four, uh, and you're going to be looking at four and six, needing to win the last two to get in the bowl. Again, I think I gave Arkansas the benefit of the doubt. I like a little bit more of what they're returning than Missouri. Um, and Louisiana, uh, you know, don't sleep on the Rage of Cajuns. I mean, Billy Napier obviously was a hot head coaching uh, hire from a lot of teams uh, in the in the country, but he decided to stay and bet on himself and bet on his team to get a better offer. And, I think they're definitely going to come out with something to prove, especially after losing in the Sun Belt Championship game last year. Um, you know, I, I like this Louisiana team a lot. So, I think that's a trap game for Missouri. I'm going to give them, again, the benefit of the doubt and say they win to make a five and seven season out of the year. But, um, again, watch out for that Louisiana Lafayette team. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm agreeing with you about, you know, Billy Napier and having something to prove there. Didn't go out, you know, during the coaching carousel this year. I know he was mentioned for – Mississippi State. I feel like he was a little, mentioned a little bit more heavily towards Mississippi State than he was in Ole Miss, but I'm sure uh, Ole Miss took a look at him, and I know Baylor took a look at him. So 
he had some pretty high profile uh spots but he didn't go to either either of them so i know he's going to try to uh rally up his team and really put a good season together to kind of build up his resume even more absolutely now we move on to the final team of our list we move on to the south carolina gamecocks uh under will Muschamp for fourth season and will Muschamp has been the definition of average in south carolina and i mean that quite literally 26 and 25 and as a record at south carolina 54 and 46 in his eight years as a head coach which included four at florida and I think you would you would have to say Muschamp might be on a little bit of a hot seat. You know, he didn't make it past four years in Florida, and it's going to be questionable if he makes it past four in South Carolina. He's going to need a good year, and he returns six starters on both sides of the ball. So, you know, you return half your offense from last year. You do return Ryan Helensky, a quarterback who was injured last year a little bit. But, you know, I liked Helensky uh, last year. He wasn't, you know, the most talented quarterbacks, but he was a competitor. You could tell he was a good leader for that team. Uh, and as a young team, you get, uh, for the most part, this is a that's somebody you need, especially with a young wide receiving core. But besides Chief Smith, the senior, so uh, you know, I I think this offense is going to be okay. They do return almost their entire offensive line, just losing their left tackle. Um, and but you know, they bring in uh, Jaston uh, Turntine, who was a junior college All American. So you know, this offensive line might be among the best in the SEC. Uh, and for the defense, you return a lot in your secondary or in your your back uh, your back four and a couple of your linebackers. You lose a lot on the defensive line, which worries me because we know in the SEC line play is so uh, critical. So that worries me a little bit, uh, especially. Uh, but this, you know, an offense last year that was uh, not even the top hundred in terms of scoring, and a defense that was middle of the road around fifty five. So. Again, this is a this is a South Carolina team that was last year. You know they were they were okay at everything, but not great at really anything. So we'll see if they can you know use that year of experience uh, last year after a rough four and eight campaign and turn it around a little bit. What's your thoughts on South Carolina, Jackson? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of on agreement with you. They're kind of just about average. They usually go around you know six and six, seven and five, eight and four on a good year. Uh, and um, I. I was in agreement with you. I've got Ron Helensky down, and he, uh, you know, played well last year, but you could tell that he had a little bit something about him. So I think he might could have a really uh, a sneaky good year this year is what I have down. So, uh, you know, look out for him. Um, but just looking at their schedule here real quick, uh, they start out with Coastal Carolina, East Carolina, and then Missouri is their first three. And I can see them winning all three of those because they're all three at home. And then I then I have written down here, the next three games are Kentucky, Florida, Tennessee, in that order. After that is T- Texas A&M, Vanderbilt, Georgia. They need to take one out of each set of three. So Kentucky, Florida, Tennessee, they need to take one out of those. Texas A&M, Vanderbilt, Georgia, they need to take one out of those. And then uh, at LSU, which they probably won't win, and then at home versus Wofford, which they'll win, and at Clemson, which they will not win. But I think the key is taking one out of those each three uh, segments that I mentioned. Yeah, I, I agree with you uh, completely, Jackson. I think this is a team that, uh, it, for Muschamp, you know, it's it, he's pretty much got to make a bowl this year to feel confident about what he's about his job security. And you know, he gets uh, you, you're going to win three of your non-conference. You're going to lose to Clemson, so that puts you three and one. I do like like we talked about. I like him against Missouri at home, so that moves you to four and one. Uh, you know, looking at the games we I just predicted. And I agree with you completely. He needs to take uh, two out of six from Kentucky, 
Florida, Tennessee, Texas A&M, Vanderbilt, and Georgia, uh, and really two of five because you're not beating Georgia or LSU next year. So, really, you look at it, he's probably going to have to uh, – they're probably going to have to take two out of three from Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and, and Tennessee. And you get Tennessee at home and you get Kentucky and Vanderbilt on the road, this is not going to be an easy task. This is a team that smells of, um, you know, in the middle of the year, they are the bowl bubble team. You know, are they going to – every game is critical for this team in the middle part of the year. Um, I'm going to say uh, they, they've they had a rough streak against Kentucky. I think this is the year they might finally break it. Uh, you know, well, they beat Kentucky last year, but – um, I think this again. They kind of continue on that path. Rather, they've had a they had a rough string before last year from Kentucky. I think they're going to look to keep that slight bit of momentum they got last year going. And I think they beat Vanderbilt. I think this team's right at six and six. Yeah, Peyton. And we've talked about three SEC East teams: Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt today. And it's kind of made me realize that the SEC East is kind of on the verge of having a pretty good year as a whole this year. You know, Florida's going to be good. You know, Georgia's going to be good. It kind of depends on what Tennessee and Kentucky do, but if they can put up eight, nine-win seasons, both of them respectively, you know, those top four teams in the East, that would be probably the strongest the East has been in a while. Yeah, I think um, – I, I agree with you there. You're looking at Georgia, Kentucky, uh, Florida, Tennessee, and possibly South Carolina as all being, you know, players, uh, not necessarily for the title, but, you know, kind of going around and being an upset special each week, especially for Kentucky and South Carolina. Again, I think Florida, Georgia, and Tennessee are all three have a chance at the division title. Um, But, you know, South Carolina, I would expect them to be a tough out each week. Yeah, I I agree as well. But um, those are the four teams that we have uh, typed up today. Peyton, is there anything that you want to add on any of them? Uh, No, I just – if – just, I'm I'm excited uh, for I'm excited to see uh, this team in action. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see all these teams in action. I'm just excited to get football back. For being completely honest, um, we'll 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 see again what this may hold. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed this. Uh, you know, we we talked about it a little bit. Uh, what what teams do you you want to knock out next week? I'm pulling up the schedule because I sent you the schedule not too long ago. Yeah, you did. Yep. Right now, next week we're going to have Auburn and Kentucky. Auburn and Kentucky will knock out the Tigers and the Wildcats. Um, so make sure you tune in for that. Especially, I'm especially excited to talk about Auburn and how they'll, uh, you know, not live up to expectations yet again. Yeah, I believe I'm not surprised that you said that at all because yeah. and I'm not going to say that I don't uh, disagree with you there. But you know, I hate Auburn. We, I think we both hate Auburn. I hate Auburn very badly. But, uh, but we, we thank you guys. We keep it as uh, neutral as we can. Yeah, uh, no doubt. Uh, but we thank you guys, as always, for listening. Uh, this was a fun episode. I'm excited to start the series again. Uh, SocialSportsMS.com, you can find typed up um, kind of not necessarily our predictions. Maybe my predictions. I don't know if I'll get uh, Jackson's in there or not, especially since we were pretty similar in all of our predictions. But uh, this this week at least. But, you know, make sure you go there and, and read it if you want to read it and follow along. Uh, but, again, we appreciate you guys, as always, for listening. Uh, make sure you're tuned in with our social medias, Facebook, Cousin Cast page, uh, Instagram at Cousin Cast, Twitter at Cast Cousin. But, Jackson, do you have anything else to add before we uh, kick it out of here? 
Yeah, real quick, Quentin, before we leave, I would like to just kind of briefly touch on the uh, MLB starting back. They finally uh, proposed a plan that got accepted, and we're going to get baseball come the end of July. Yeah, you're you're right about that. The, the only thing I might add on is the plan wasn't proposed. It was just after weeks or months, rather, of both the Players Association and the owners not wanting to budge. Uh, Manfred, the commissioner, had the power to say, you know what, we're having a season. And, you know, they just went with it. So, baseball, they really did hit – MLB hurt themselves in this situation uh, way more than they helped. Yeah. Uh, they had the opportunity to be at the national uh, spotlight for probably a couple months. And now they're going to be overshadowed by the NBA, I think, when you get back. Absolutely. But uh, with that, uh, so that means the NBA starting back July 31st. So is MLB. They're starting around the same time. PJ Tour is already back. Uh, NASCAR is already back. Soccer starting back July 1, I'm pretty sure. Uh, NFL was always on schedule, and college football is always on schedule. So all the sports, I would guess all the major sports are all back on schedule. Yeah, uh, which is, as, uh, as you know, sports fans, and this is a mainly sports podcast, we are very happy to see it, no doubt about that. Yeah, but I think that's all we got for today. And like you said, and like we touched on, uh, be on the lookout for the Auburn Tigers and the Kentucky Wildcats preview for next week. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm excited for that one again. Make sure you guys tune in. But we thank you as always for listening. Jackson, one last chance. Anything to get out? No, I think, I think that's it for today. All right, but thank you guys again. For Jackson Finch, I'm Peyton Taylor. Thank you guys as always for listening, and have a blessed day.